Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Wow, I wish Pastor Kirsten would walk right up to me and prophesy to me. I'm about to. It's right out of this book right here. So take your Bible and just pretend it's only me and you and I'm standing right in front of you. I've got a great word for us. Turn to the book of Daniel. In this time of fasting and prayer, I don't know how you're doing with your fast or what kind of fast you might be doing. I'm to the point. I, you know, today's like halfway. I think it's 50%. Give him praise. I like to, uh, I don't know what kind of fast you might be doing. Maybe you've attempted to step out in faith and try something a little bit more or whatever it might be than you've done in times past. But I, I, I'm to the point where uh, any type of smell of food after noon, before noon, I'm all good. After 12 o'clock or so, I don't want to smell food because I, I enter into this struggle with myself. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so last night, I like to lay in the floor sometimes with a pillow and we were watching Andy Griffith. Does anybody like to watch Andy Griffith? So I was watching Andy Griffith last night, and I, man, I just tell you what, Don Knotts makes me laugh, right? It was never the same once he left. It was like, why am I watching this? Anyway, I was laying there, and I heard the unwrapping of some kind of food product. I didn't even smell food. All I heard was the bag. One of my kids was opening a bag of something. Their fast is different than what I'm doing, and I wish it wasn't that way. Because the moment I heard the, I don't know, it was a bag of pretzels or whatever it was, the plastic bag made a noise, and I shot up. And instantly decided I better go to bed, or I'm gonna ruin my fast. I've made a commitment and I was, I was struggling, not even just with the smell of food, it was the sound, it was of a wrapper. So if you brought a wrapper in here, of any kind, please do not make a noise. Somebody might get hurt as I climb over the seats to get to whatever it is you've got in that wrapper. It wouldn't even matter, I'm gonna eat it. I'm ready to eat my couch at some points. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Is anybody on that train? I am. And I'm going to make it to the finish line. I love the mornings. I feel so charged. But at the end of the day, watch out. So as we're looking at fasting and praying, I think it would be worth a look at a passage of Scripture that gives us it's, it's kind of one of our, our uh, go-to references to encourage us in the realm of fasting and prayer in the life of Daniel. Daniel is a book of vi visions, dreams, and, and God breaking through with miraculous uh, mirac miracles. Hopefully I can communicate well tonight. This, so you, we're going to pray in a minute. You pray for me because the... Uh, the fast is making me cold, and it, it's hard for me to get my words together sometimes. We're going to do this. But we're also going to look at Daniel in the realm of fasting and praying. We're going to be encouraged halfway through this corporate fast. And uh, so let's take a look. I'm going to read from the NIV, Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. I hope this is a familiar passage for you. If not, make it one of your go-tos in the realm of prayer and fasting. We're going to pick up at verse 2, and then I'm going to read for a little bit here, and then we'll pray. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river Tigris, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of the finest gold around his waist. His body was like chrysolite, 
his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. The men with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you, and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before the Lord, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. Verse 13, but the prince of, Pers of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. Let's pray. We're going to look at some more, but let's pray. Father, we're asking God that you'd come speak to us. You'd give us a greater revelation of prayer, fasting. Give us a revelation of what our very words accomplish. I pray, God, that this word would encourage this body of believers to persevere or maybe to pick up where they left off or to begin and to join in with this corporate fast. I'd encourage our faith. Give us ears to hear what you're saying to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Pastor Daniel, Pastor Karen, who are probably on right now. Thank you so much for giving me the privilege to preach in this uh, house. It's an honor to serve God here. Uh, I remember the first time I had the reality that, wow, this fasting thing works. I was 22 or something like that, early 20s, and there was a beautiful young lady that I had met, and I had this thought that maybe I was going to ask her to marry me, and I didn't even know what that meant. I only, I only knew I didn't want to make a tragic error. And uh, so I decided I was going to do a full water fast until God spoke to me or made plain to me whether or not I should marry this beautiful girl named Kimmy that I had met. And I had never done this hard, you know, core fasting before. And so it was my first go at it. And... So I decided I'm only going to drink water, God, until you speak to me. I'm serious about this decision, and I, I want to hear from you. And the hard thing was I worked at a cheeseburger shop, and my job, at, my job for them was making the cheeseburgers. It would be one thing if I only stood up at the cash register and said, how can I help you, and pushed buttons. But it's not. I'm the guy standing there, flipping the meat, putting the gooey cheese on for a week. So a week went by, and I'd only drank water. And God hadn't spoke to me, and I was desperately hoping he would speak to me within 10 minutes of me starting my fast. Anybody with me? Lord, this is not working. 10 minutes has gone by. I haven't eaten a Twinkie in 10 minutes, and you haven't spoke to me. God, this ain't working. So I'm standing there hungry, and, uh, and God did speak to me. It wasn't in a way I thought. I thought I was going to have three dreams and an angel standing at my door in the middle of the night saying, you can eat now, and here's the answer. That's what I thought. You know, that's what I was looking for. Sometimes we approach God with this is how he's going to answer, so I'm going to wait for him to do that, and if he doesn't do it like that, then, then he hasn't answered. And that, that doesn't always happen for us. And uh, 
if that's you and your approach to God, you may be waiting a long time because he doesn't really go by what we think he should. I don't know if you've had that news flash yet, but that is the way it goes. And so I was making these burgers and drooling all over myself while I'm making the burgers, and I had this order come through at the drive-by, and the expedite person had taken a break or something, so I was going to have to walk over to the window and put the order down. I go over to the window and there's Kimmy in the truck with another guy. And I got so mad. That's it. Never again. So I made a decision. That was the word of the Lord. The Lord clearly spoke to me. And never again has that ever happened. And Tens of thousands of children have benefited from the fact that she rolled up with second-rate guy, and that fast proved the benefit of tens of thousands of families. And so uh, that was my first indication. Wow, God responds in, 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 in a time of fasting. We're going to take a look at Daniel's story, and we're going to get some keys from him in the realm of fasting and praying, and in the realm of persevering to the finish line and seeing breakthrough come. Daniel uh, it was, is, is largely known as a man of prayer, visions, and dreams. And the, re the realities here, let's look at some of the realities that we can walk away from looking at this in our own life. The first one is that you and I live in more than one world at the same time. We live in a physical world where we can see each other and smell the cheeseburgers, and at this point, smell them through the walls, of course. And, uh, you know, we live in a physical world that, that, uh, that we touch, feel, and sense, but we also live in a world that we can't see with these eyes. And we get a glimpse into that world as we look at this right here, that, that there are real forces of good and evil uh, that are at work and the, so that we have the reality of the invisible realm, and the we also clearly see that the reality that there are forces opposed to the purposes and plans of God. And if you've been a part of this church for at least a year or so, you clearly remember that and have heard some of the challenges we've faced as a church, as we, somebody say we, not Pastor Daniel, not just the staff, it's we, as we have taken on praying, serving, giving, and persevering to see our building come through. It was just a little over a year ago that we, you and I, sustained a terrible windstorm here in Wasilla that we will never forget. And the reality that our building in, in its location is clearly more than just a structure of steel and cables and, and interior building components. There's something significant about that building that is not like any other building in the whole area. In so much that we, you and I, joined together, sustained winds that attempted to tear our building apart and yet it's still there. What a miracle we have. There are real forces of good and evil. Reality that there are forces strategized against the purposes of God, not only collectively, but individually in our lives. In your life, the plans and purposes of God, there are opposition there is opposition to that in your life, in your family, in your children. I have five precious treasures, and there are demon powers that are strategizing of how they're going to keep my kids inert, of no effect, or reduce their influence, or somehow defile them to a point that they could not function in the kingdom of God and be of no influence or live their life trying to clean up destruction that, they, that has happened in their life. And those of you that are moms and dads, that you, you are, uh, I hope you're well aware that the 
devil hates your kids and so desperately wants to ruin and bring destruction into their life. Uh, let's take a look at some things that jump out to us from this passage here about the reality of these good and evil forces. First, we have this description of this being that appears to Daniel while he's fasting and praying. This is where we get the Daniel fast from. Have you ever heard of the Daniel fast before? So this is where that comes from. Daniel set aside choice foods and meat. You know, I did a coffee fast once. You need three dreams and an angel standing at your door to confirm to do a coffee fast. You know those, uh, you know whatever it is you choose to fast, the very moment you make that decision, it's gonna show up right there in front of you. I'll never forget, pause, sermon pause. I just wanna encourage you in your fast, okay? So, um, to persevere. So I decided I'm gonna fast coffee and I can't believe God spoke that to me. I, I, it took me a while to like realize, I guess this is the word of the Lord. I thought it was like demons talking to me Fast coffee? Who does that? Come on. So I came here on the very first day, and I had made it 30 minutes without a cup of coffee, and I was already having a breakdown. So I got down. I came. I was the only one here for prayer. I come early. I get here earlier than, than the, what time we open the doors or whatever. And I came down, and I knelt down in this chair right here, and I'm crying out to God. This is day one. It's not even a full day. I'm in the first hour. And I'm crying out to God, oh God, help me. I want a cup of coffee. You don't do that? That's me, I'm a whiny baby at prayer. I whine, I'm a whiner prayer. Oh God. Anyway, so I've got my hands in my face like this, I'm like, oh God, oh God, this is, I'm not gonna make it. I'm not gonna make it, I'm gonna start tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow, I'm gonna start my fast. Oh God, I'm hallucinating. I'm hallucinating, this is for real, this is exactly what happened. Oh God, I smell coffee. I smell coffee, I'm not gonna make it. Help me. Oh God, I'm, I'm hallucinating. And I, I'm, I moved my hands down and somebody had bought me a cup of coffee. And it happened to be the exact, what I would want if I was going to the coffee shop and they had set it right next to me and then it was like a ninja move. And they set it down next to me and went out the back door. They just wanted to bless me with a cup of coffee. And I'm looking at it. Is that the Lord? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do with this cup of coffee? Whatever it is you decide, it's gonna show up. If you're fasting Twinkies, you're gonna get a wrong Amazon delivery in your box of 14 cases of Twinkies. And you're gonna open it and go, oh God, now what do I do? And you're gonna think it's the Lord. Lord, you really want me to eat 14 cases of Twinkies right now. I know you do, or this wouldn't have come. It's such a battle in our minds, right? I didn't drink the cup of coffee. I per persevered to the finish line, and I made it. And it was the worst fast I have ever done. So I'm just going to encourage you in the realm of fasting. While, while I'm on this coffee fast, I can't think straight. It's messing with me, okay? And I decide I'm gonna do the shop, Costco shopping for the family that month. I'm gonna drive in, I have five kids, we buy half the store every month, and then we bring it back home. And so I'm there, and I had been having trouble uh, with my feet, and they were, uh, I could only w walk a few hours during the day, and then my feet would just, it was just so painful I couldn't walk. So I park, park at Costco, and I get up to the door and I'm like, really, my feet are already hurting? I'm gonna be in here for hours. 
How am I going to make this? God, help me. I'm fasting coffee. Can't you heal my feet? And I look down, and I'm still wearing my fuzzy house shoes. Now I'm standing in Costco with no brains and fuzzy house shoes on. And I'm like, this is shame. Full shame. Lord, give grace to the humble. Help me. I walked in, bought a pair of shoes. You're not alone in your fasting effects. Go to the finish line. Just giving you a... And then I... Then... Then... If you can't tell, I'm fasting. I hope I get to the rest of the message. I, I came to church and I had to go to the restroom. And I go to the restroom and I, I undo my belt only to find there's another belt there. More than once, I did it. It's like I couldn't come, didn't even know. No brains. Don't do the coffee fast unless God speaks to you. Fully impaired. What are we doing here? Okay, so here's this angelic being, and he is of might and power. Look at that description, flaming eyes, okay, and torches, his face is like lightning, and he's this glowing thing, and Daniel's friends can't see it, but they know something's not right here, and they're freaking out, and they're terrified, and they run and hide, and this guy is just uh, so majestic. Daniel falls down. And then this being says, I couldn't get to you in, for 21 days. That guy, the one who's so impressive, had been held back by something else. You would think this is the, the being of all beings, indestructo, that nobody could get in their way. But that's not true. Take a look at what he says to Daniel. Verse 13. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. That's, he's not referring, uh, he's not speaking about a man, prince of Persia, sitting on a throne, a human like you and I. There's no way we could hold back a being like that for 21 minutes, much less 21 days. In the days of Hezekiah and Isaiah, God sent one angel to deal with the army of the enemy they were facing at the time, and the one angel de destroyed 185,000 regular men like you and I in one moment. So clearly, He's referring to another being of equal or greater power than he is. It gives us a glimpse into the invisible realm that there are layers and governments and powers and levels of authority that you and I can't see with our eyes. But when we use our words, we are combating those powers with the very words that we say. Have you ever thought about your words having that much significance? Take a look at Ephesians 6.12 before I jump ahead of myself. Ephesians 6.12, if you have that, go ahead and bring it up here, gives us another picture. This is Paul writing to the Ephesians. <clears throat> Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. And then he lists these categories. Take a look at this. Our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. So people, people are not our struggle. People. I know you probably think otherwise, and sometimes I do too. Not flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Paul is clearly telling the Ephesian church what you're really up against. You can't see with your eyes, but there are levels of beings in the heavenly realm. That's where the real battle is. 
And then you get this idea or this picture that there's territorial rulers, that there are beings assigned over or strategized over geographical, physical areas. The prince of Persia. He goes on to say, there's another one, if you'll take a look. Uh, I didn't give this to the media team, but you look in your Bible at verse 20. So he said, do you know why I have come to you? Soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go, the prince of Greece will come. So there's, a, there's this war going on and these, these uh, heavenly beings are fighting one another. And they're assigned over regions. The Apostle Paul speaks to the Thessalonians. Uh, take a look at that. It's 1 Thessalonians 2.18. I am just presenting to you what, what comes out to us from this passage uh, in the realm of our praying and fasting. 2.18. For we wanted to come to you Certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan stopped us. So we can clearly see there's a battle going on that we don't see with our eyes. The same is true, not only for these men, but for us. You and I face the same invisible forces in our lives, in our family, and when we go, when we attempt to Move forward, the purposes, plans, calling of God in your life, opposition is going to come to you. Opposition that is of equal or greater to the influence that you have. If you, the, the amount of opposition of spiritual forces in your life is of a ratio compared to the influence that you have over people because the influence is the nature of the battle that's why our building is so significant it's steel and concrete no it's influence in this king in this uh, valley and in this city make no mistake it's not about whether or not we got our steel from America or China which we got it from the United States that's not what the battle over that building today is and why we're intensely praying and why we're persevering. It's over influence. It's over people deciding, I'm going to go check that place out. Walking in, experiencing the power of God. What is going on in this place? Their life radically changed. They give their life to Jesus. Their life's changed. Their children's changed. The people that they have influence with start noticing something's different with that person. Hey, uh, what's going on? I started going to that church. Have you been to that new church? It's influence. It's touching this community. We're not even open yet. That building's not open. This one is, of course. We're not, that building's not open yet, and yet we're influencing people. You will have opposition in the same Wait with the influence that you have. If you're going to do anything for God, you're going to be opposed doing it. The devil does not want you to impact anyone. Doesn't want your testimony said out loud. Doesn't want you to just encourage someone. Hey, it's Holy Ghost night. What's that? Why don't you come check it out? Does not want you to say that to anyone. Oh, you've got... You're sick with something. You know, our God's a healer. Why don't you come tonight? There's been people miraculously healed. Why don't you just come check it out? Doesn't want you to say that to anyone. Same as for us. We face opposition every time we attempt to advance the kingdom of God. We're in a fight against spiritual darkness, not people. Evil forces attempt to operate through people. We're called to love people, right? We're called to love people, but we'll go to fight against the spiritual forces that are attempting to influence people 
against the kingdom of God. Daniel took a step in the natural. Take a look at me. Let's go back to our scripture, uh, our text in Daniel 10. He took a step in the natural. If you're writing notes, you might want to write this down. A step in the natural unlocks God to do the supernatural. You'll find that time and time again throughout the Word. If you spend time reading the Word, you will see there were moments that a step in the natural that didn't seem like a whole lot actually turned out to be a whole lot because of the supernatural that got attached to it. And you might need God to break through in a number of areas in your life. And I'm telling you, God may give you a step in the natural that doesn't seem like a whole lot, but in the supernatural, your obedience in doing a little step unlocked God to do a whole lot for you. Maybe it's uh, uh, some action to take, or maybe it's giving something, or maybe it's going to say hi to your neighbor, whatever it might be. Maybe it's inviting that family member that you've been struggling to reach. Maybe it's inviting them to do something. I mean, God will give you strategies. You obey, because a step in the natural unlocks the supernatural. Adversely is the same. Not only can it unlock God to do, or unlock the door for God to do the supernatural, it can also, a step in the natural, can also invite the devil to come ruin your life. <clears throat> Actions that we take with our physical body can open the doorway for the invisible world to affect us negatively. I want to make sure you hear me clearly that a step in the natural is not just for God to do things. <clears throat> you can make bad choices and you can allow the devil to come destroy your life. It works the same. Daniel fasted. He fasted 21 days. He was doing a particular kind of fast. I don't know what kind of fast you might be doing. If you haven't joined us for this corporate fast, I'm encouraging you today. Start today. Start tonight. Make a commitment. We'll go over that in, in just a little bit. <clears throat> but Daniel, in his fast, you can clearly see he affected the invisible realm. It's so encouraging to hear the words that the angel said to him, take a look, Daniel 10, look at verse 12. I want you to be encouraged. Take a look at this. Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day, somebody say first day, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself, he's referring to his fast and praying. Since the first day, he was heard in heaven. What an encouraging word for us to hear this angel say to Daniel, I heard, we heard you the first time. Same is true for our prayer. We're going we're gonna to put our confidence that God hears us when we pray. God hears you when you pray, when you lift your voice. Your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. I also want to point out Daniel chapter 9. So flip over there a little bit or scroll back a little bit. Take a look at what Daniel says in chapter 9. Verse 20, while I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and making my request to the Lord my God, for his holy hill, while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, now this is a different time, the man I had seen in the earlier vision came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, look at this, this is awesome, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray and answer, was given. I want to say to you and to all of us in this corporate time of fasting and prayer, one of the things that you should be, we should be believing for is a greater revelation of prayer. Oh yeah, I know, we're supposed to pray, the Bible says God answers this. 
I mean a greater understanding that when I speak, something happens in the invisible world. Things are put in motion. My prayer matters. I'm not just saying words or fulfilling a religious obligation or just fulfilling something to get a check mark. Your prayer releases God's power. Just a couple of notes to take down from, from uh, let me give you a few notes in the realm of prayer. And that is, as has been declared from this pulpit before, and those of you that are been in KSM before, you clearly know there's three enemies to prayer in your life. Let me give them to you. The first one is the world, and it's propagandas that tells you it's just not worth the time. You could be doing something else. That's one of the enemies of prayer, to minimize what you believe is happening while you pray, to diminish or to make you somehow believe that coming to prayer or praying uh, on your own or being in corporate doesn't really do that much. You're just kind of there. You probably should just go on with about your day. That's the first enemy of prayer. The second enemy of prayer is your physical body yourself, you, your sinful nature. It does not want to do the things of God, and it never will want to do the things of God. It, it, it has to be put in its place. One of the great effects of fasting is you're telling your body who's boss, and it's not your body. And it doesn't like that. I shared with you that just the sound of the wrapper of the pretzels caused my physical body to come up off that floor and I was ready to eat anything. Oh, you know what happened today? Where's he at? There he is. We were, we were serving at our new building today, being involved with a, a an important inspection today, and I, I needed to go in. We were, we're outside, and we were over a portion of our building that's outside doing some things, and I needed to go inside the building to get something or take care of something. So I go over to the door, and I open the door, and this enormous tidal wave smashes me, and I almost can't get in the door. <sighs> Uh -huh. Oh, God. It was the aroma of a breakfast something that Hank had made to bless the folks that were there to do the inspection today. And uh, we forgive you, Hank. We forgive you for showing up with that. It, was it real or not? My body had this, this is the first thought that went in my mind. I'll start my fast tomorrow. I'll just start tomorrow. And I walked right by it in my eyes. I couldn't keep my eyes off of it. And there's a bottle of Cholula right next to it. And I'm like, no! That was my body crying out. And I had a choice to make. I am going to make my body submit to me. I am going to double up my fist. <laughs> oh wait, wait a minute. Did I say that out loud? I'm going to suppress my body. Sorry, Hank, uh, we love you, Hank. You make a good hergalop. You just made it at the wrong time. Our praying, you need a revelation of prayer. I'm so thankful that there were a couple of moments in my life that have defined my commitment to prayer where the Lord came in a dream, one was a dream, one was a vision that forever changed. And I'm telling you, we have to have a greater and greater and greater revelation of prayer because without prayer, we won't do anything. If our prayer is minimized, so are we. We will only move to the degree that we have people understanding prayer and going for prayer, going after God in prayer, seeing uh, strongholds broken, seeing evil pushed back. 
I'm so thankful God came and spoke to me, and you should ask for that. God, give me a greater, greater revelation of prayer. So get in position for breakthrough. Daniel took a step in the natural. We've taken a step. There are, there are prayers being released on a daily basis at early morning prayer. <clears throat> so here's some things to, 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 to help you. First of all, be intentional with your fasting. Don't just decide today I'm going to fast Twinkies, tomorrow I'm going to fast cupcakes, and then uh, in two days I'm going to fast uh, Twinkies again. Wait, I'm just going to start tomorrow. So once you make that commitment, be intentional. Be intentional with your praying. Don't just make it fasting only. You've got to link prayer with it. It goes together. Again, get a greater revelation of prayer. See the words spoken to Daniel. Your words. I was sent because of your words that you said. That's what the angel said to Daniel. The very moment you started praying, an answer was given, and I was sent. That is the same thing for you and I. When you speak, God is responding. Persevere in prayer. The second thing I want to encourage you is get in agreement. Join the corporate prayer time and get in agreement with people, your life group, or maybe you serve on a team. Pray. Join our Sunday prayer. Pray together with us as we pray over the, the, the main things of the harvest and our building project and growing in life groups. Those are the main emphasis of what we're praying for right now. And then lastly, take steps of faith, steps in the natural. You're believing God for a breakthrough in whatever it is. Ask God to give you a step in the natural that would unlock the supernatural. Before we pray and, and uh, put into action some of these things right here, I want to share with you just one of the revelations that God gave me, and maybe it'll encourage you in the realm of prayer. It was a Monday and Monday prayer is kind of people in a weekend hangover. Uh, sun, they're in a church hangover, and they come to early morning prayer, and I'm so thankful. I love Monday prayer, and, but it's not the biggest crowd, and it's not the loudest crowd, but God's power is released on Monday. And so I come to this one Monday, and my physical body, I'm just telling you right now, did not want to be there. I sat right over there, and I'm like, Oh, is it 7.30 already? Oh, I hope Pastor Daniel shows up in Leeds because I don't want to get up there. I'm looking around. Oh, it's almost 7.30. It's almost. Ah, oh, he didn't come. I got to go up there and pray. All right. There's like four people here. So I go up and lead. And I just decided, I'm just going to close my eyes, and I'm just going to pretend there's a hundred people here, and I'm tired. Wow, maybe I'll just read Psalm 119. <laughs> I'm just telling you this because I want you to know you're not the only one struggling to get up to go to prayer. I've, I've been tempted to bring a pillow sometimes and just kind of lay it over there and Lay my head down. Anyway, so I get up there and I pray, and I, I mean, I, there's just no power in the room whatsoever. I, I'm pretty sure that <laughs> it was the worst prayer meeting I've ever been in. And so I pray for 30 straight minutes, and I'm like, oh God, I never want to do this again. Monday prayer. I'm going to talk to Pastor Daniel. Maybe we can just close Monday prayer because this is too much. Why am I doing this? Oh, you don't have those thoughts? I do. When that demon alarm clock goes off. You have one of those? I have one of those. Anyway, so prayer ends. And I'm turning off the sound system, and I'm just like, thank God, I'm going back to bed right now. Oh, this was awful. Why am I even here? Is that my timer? Am I done? 
Eric's got my timer. That clock is worthless. I can't see past the lights. You need a different color. And I struggle with colors. This person that was at Monday prayer, one of the four people, this person that was at prayer is like standing there. I'm like, oh, they want to talk to me. I'm tired. Thank you, Keala, for texting me that I'm way past overtime. (laughs) Give our media team a hand. So funny. Keala was in my kid's church when I was in Maui. Love him dearly. Him and his brother was in kid's church. They started coming to church uh, as little kids with their family. And it's amazing to see uh, that there is fruit coming forth. And so thankful for you, Keala. You really make us look good. Um, what am I doing? This lady walks up to me. This is some years ago. This lady walks up to me and she says, you know, I just, I had this vision while you were praying. And it was of a cannon and bombs going off. I'm like, what? (laughs) It's like, your your words were like bombs going off in the invisible world. And I thought, could it possibly be that prayer is not made powerful by how I feel on the outside? Could it possibly be that just me standing in the place of prayer, doing something with my voice, does damage in the invisible world, whether I feel like it or not. And this, this revelation hit me. How many times have I refused to be a person of prayer because I don't feel like it? Or I minimized what I thought God could do through my praying because I thought he was dependent on my physical body to make it happen. How dare I link God's promises to how I feel on the inside or whether or not I'm tired. Could it possibly be that God's promises are still in effect even if I'm standing there tired, if I'm willing to pray, can God's power still be released? Yes! So I'm encouraging you today in the realm of fasting and praying with this scripture and with that little bit of revelation to engage in praying. This valley, your family, our state, our nation could be impacted by a people who could get over whether or not they're tired and just get the words out. Doesn't have to be at the top of their lungs. I certainly didn't pray at the top of my lungs, but something happened in the invisible realm as a result of my willingness. What if you and I together were willing to persevere in prayer? What could God do through us? Why don't you stand with me on this Wednesday night? Your words release power. We're going to pray tonight. Thank you, Minister Toby. We're going to take time to release God's power, you and I together. I'm going to invite you for just a few moments. I know our time is running away. Keala has texted me 14 times. You're a minute over. I'm just kidding. I just kind of exaggerated that a little bit there. Just Just to have fun one more time. But let's take a moment together. We're going to pray for our loved ones who's been contending for a loved one to be saved, who's been fasting. God, I know you can do it. So for just a brief moment to collectively, as a corporate body, why don't you lift your voice for your family member once again. So Father, hearing this word, realizing that there are invisible forces at work, we lift our voice today, knowing you hear us. No matter how our physical body tells us or our mind tells us it's not worth it or that it doesn't count, 
We know from your word that you respond to prayer. So we lift up our family members to you. And we ask you again today that you would dispatch forces from heaven to arrest them in their futile thinking, in their sinful living, in their deception. You would remove scales from eyes. We contend again for demon power to be broken over our loved ones, our family members, our neighbors. I thank you, God, you're doing something in their life, whether we can see it on the outside or not. Our prayers are releasing your power. We contend for our city. God, touch Wasilla. God, pour out your spirit, we pray. Touch Alaska. Do something in Alaska that you've never done before. Lord, I pray an increase of your activity in in this church, in every gospel-proclaiming, Bible-believing house of worship. May there be an increase of your activity, we pray. God, touch Alaska. Touch every city. Touch every village. You see our desire to touch all of this state. God, would you fling wide open the doors for teams to go into every village to see your work established, life groups, teams, a a place of worship throughout the villages. God, touch Juno, touch Anchorage, touch Fairbanks, every major city having a place of revival, a place of transformation for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I don't know what you're believing for. You're contending for in your fast. Have you made a list? Are you going over those things? Are you contending for those things? Why don't you lift your hands for a moment? I'm going to pray for you and your list of things you're believing God for. So, Father, I agree today as I lift my voice. Lord, according to your word, you hear me, and I pray according to your will that you would perform miracles, signs, and wonders for those that are contending. You see the things even now, the the vast array of, of miracles that are needed in finance or wisdom and family or business or whatever it might be, physical healings to take place. I pray supernatural release of your power today through all of the things we're contending for in the realm of fasting and praying. Now, why don't you ask God to give you a revelation of prayer? So, Father, we're asking today that you would increase our awareness and our understanding of prayer. Lord, even as whole households, that we would have a heightened awareness that when we lift our voice and turn our attention to you, your power is released. God, touch our children. Give them a revelation of prayer. Touch our youth. Touch our singles. Touch our families. Give us an increase. Give us a revelation of prayer. Lord, even looking at the text from Daniel, help us even just in our imaginations to understand that when we speak, that your power is being released, that forces are dispatched from heaven from the moment we lift our voice, that you have entrusted to us the great privilege of calling on your name. You've given us this voice-activated kingdom. God, that when we speak, you are released to do power, that you have made yourself dependent on our praying. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. God, give us a greater revelation of prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap tonight. I hope you got something from this. I hope you got something from this text and my attempt in the midst of this fasting to put put sequences together of thoughts. Praise the Lord. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to King's Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com. And may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.